You found the best place for quality Internet talk. You're on TalkZone.com. Internet Talk Radio. This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. If an unexpected crisis or disaster suddenly hit, would you and your family survive? What skills and supplies do you need to keep going? We'll have the story. I realized that you know, I belong to a generation that learns how to program HTML code at age 13 instead of, say, joining the Boy Scouts. So I decided to learn the skills I needed to make myself safe. Then, many are feeling beaten down by the economy. We'll talk to a psychologist who says women especially need to rise above difficulties by building their self-worth. Raising women up out of poverty is going to be the first step. When we give women the resources they need, they can do amazing things with it. We'll bring you these two stories and much more on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Don't go away. The show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. As we've seen in Japan in recent weeks, there's always the risk of disaster or crisis. How can you best prepare you and your family to survive the worst? With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Neil Strauss is the author of several best-selling books, but his most recent book has gotten quite a bit of attention. It's called Emergency, This Book Will Save Your Life. Now, Neil, your background as a writer is pretty eclectic, but your career took a pretty big turn several years ago. Let's start there. Why did you suddenly get so concerned about being prepared for emergencies? It was really just seeing all the things that happened in this decade, from 9-11 to Hurricane Katrina to the economic crisis to the sort of sense of complacency we had in the 80s and 90s just seemed to disappear and I realized that you know I belong to a generation that learns how to program HTML code at age 13 instead of say joining the Boy Scouts so I decided to learn the skills I needed to make myself safe you know it does seem like a lot of people these days think there are terrible things on the horizon why do you think that is is it just 9-11 or are there other things I do think on one hand there is this generational panic attack and it also seems that we're very reactive to stuff we float along and then all of a sudden something like swine flu happens and people freak out for three days and wear, you know, these sort of useless dust masks in the airports. And it just sort of seems we just sort of float along and we just react to things. And after you've reacted to enough things, you think, well, instead of reacting, why don't I just get prepared so I actually don't have to worry? I'm going to let you react to this. I think there are probably three reactions to your book. Number one, I had no idea that there were so many survival skills that even existed. Right. Number two, this book is so out there, it must be at least partly tongue-in-cheek. And number three, this guy is nuts. Right. You know, it's funny because, number one, it's just sort of a fun journey and a fun story through the world of survivalists because, you know, I learned from billionaires and homeless people and people on the far right and people on the far left. So you're right on one hand, it is a funny journey. And yeah, some people read it and they're like, this is a little bit paranoid. Other people read it and get completely panicked. But, you know, the thing I notice is people who are new parents who just have a child relate to this book the most because all of a sudden they realize if something does happen, how do I protect my family and the ones I love? And I think the scariest thing to me is, you know, you talk to the gun-toting survivalists with their MREs and things, and you think they're a little extreme, but then you talk to the government, and you go on the FEMA website, and they basically say, prepare at the very least to be on your own for three to seven days. 
I think after watching Katrina, one realizes you can't expect anyone to rescue you. Now, how does your general rescue idea work? Do you have to think of every terrible event that can happen and prepare for that, or is there kind of a core group of preparations that you think kind of covers most disasters? Well, as you mentioned, I'm an extreme guy, so I really thought of everything there is and how to prepare for it just because that gave me a sense of safety. But in general, the only two things you really have to prepare for, because the only two things you can really do, is A, what to do, how to stay home, and sustain yourself for about a week. The other one is to have an evacuation plan and maybe a go bag with copies of important documents and some cash and things you need and a safe place to go to. I guess what was most fascinating to me was learning that all these survival tips I learned as a kid were just completely wrong. That all the mythology of that you stand in a door during an earthquake is wrong. That you, you know, are supposed to suck safe snake venom out is wrong. That all these little things I learned from God knows where were just completely would have killed me. A lot of disaster experts focus on having items on hand in case of a disaster, and he did mention that for your home. But I think it's interesting you also focus on skills as much as materials. If you were going to choose maybe three important skills that are most likely to save your life, what would they be? The first thing I would do, I take a CERT class. It's offered by the fire department, local fire department, FEMA, C-E-R-T. And that's an eight-week training where you basically learn how to handle every emergency, including, say, first aid, earthquake or hurricane or tornado survival and the like. And afterward, you get sort of a nifty green uniform and you're qualified to help your community out in the case of a disaster. So it's a great free eight-week course. The second thing I did is wilderness survival. You learn how to survive in the woods with nothing but a knife and a clothes on your back. And once you realize you can live off the land, you're not worried about the economy anymore because you're like, in a worst-case scenario, I can still take care of myself. The third one, and this was the most fascinating course I probably took in my life, and it's not for everyone, but if anyone's listening and needs a job, it's a place where there's a good job market right now. It's becoming an EMT, an emergency medical technician. And it's basically, let's just say, a 30-session class where you learn how to deal with every possible trauma that could happen to a human being, whether it's a heart attack or you know, being struck by lightning. And to me, that was fascinating because I think the important thing is, rather than being a self or survivalist, once you learn this stuff, to actually be able to give back to your community and, and work as a volunteer. One basic skill that seems simple that I'm sure our ancestors all knew is how to start a fire without matches or a lighter. But how hard is something like that to learn? Well, it depends on what way you're going to go about it. If you're going to go the classic old school way with the sticks, that literally took me weeks and weeks of, you know, and a lot of rubbing motions to learn. But there are all kinds of other cool ways to start a fire. Like if you take a battery atop of a say, 9 volt battery and rub it with steel wool, the steel wool will explode in flames. Or you can take your jumper cables attach the battery and touch the ends together to get a spark and start fire in tinder and i think knowing all these ways to start a fire are helpful if you're ever you know stranded or your car breaks down or you're somewhere overnight where it's getting cold were you a fan of the tv show macgyver <laughs> it is very macgyver you, you know the most macgyver thing i learned was how to pick locks with a barrette you can pop open combination locks and handcuffs and you're absolutely right which is some of these skills i'll never have to use but they're really fun to know and teach <laughs> One of the things that you write about, actually a couple of different ways, is passports, getting second passports and that sort of thing. I think most average people would go, what is he talking about? Maybe you can explain that. Sure. Again, when I began the book, I fell in with this group of sort of billionaires who three years ago saw what was going to happen to the country, and they were working on getting second passports so they could get out. It's funny because not too long after that, there were the terrorist attacks in Mumbai, for example, and they were asking for people with U.S. and U.K. passports, and obviously having a passport that is from another country can help you out in that situation. It can also help you travel to Cuba 
open overseas bank accounts, or let's say there's a massive, whatever the new animal flu is, that strikes the country and everybody panics and the borders are closed to Americans. You always have a backup citizenship. And other people do it to avoid taxes. We've been taking a little bit of a lighthearted look here, but this is serious stuff in many ways. You actually have put some of these skills to use since you've written this book, right? Absolutely. And that was the most surprising thing is you learn these things, you never know when they're going to come up. For example, I had a friend of mine take a CPR course, and two weeks later his mother collapsed and he actually saved her life. And for me, in this case, I joined a search and rescue team and there was the Metrolink train disaster here in California and actually used the ENT skills I had to help some of the victims. You mentioned new parents who are interested in this sort of thing because they're now responsible for someone. If you were going to give new parents one piece of advice of something they need to know, what would that be? I would say be prepared to take care of yourself and your family for a week with no help from the outside world. And that means a gallon of water per day per person. Obviously, the baby doesn't need a gallon. And also know that if you don't have water, there's actually water in your hot water tank. In your home, there's 40 gallons there. And you can take the water from the back tank of the toilet. I think it's really just to anticipate what's happening and be prepared so that when some panic strikes and everyone's out rushing to get, say, dust masks or whatever they're rushing the grocery store for, you have what you need at home. So I guess really the thought is, if you're prepared, you don't have to panic. Very good information. Neil Strauss, the author of a book called Emergency. This book will save your life. Neil, do you have a website? Uh, yes, just neilstrauss.com. Well, thanks for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks for having me on. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, a top expert says women need to supercharge their self-esteem. Want to know how? Stay tuned. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.